I'm going to back down from that challenge. But I, I would respectfully put in a request to just chill out for a bit and give us some nice spring weather. <laughs> we're supposed to get 70 degrees on, on uh, Wednesday. But, of course, you know, we're sitting here and we're looking at snow covering our cars right now. Oh, classic Pittsburgh weather. It's snow. It's spring. It's all at the same time. Chris, uh, buddy, I, I'm with you. Let's uh, let's jump into it here. Plenty that I want to discuss with you because it's been a couple weeks since we've caught up on the Blitz. Um, let's, start, let's start at the top here. I think a lot of Steelers fans have been ho-humming a little bit about the division outlook as it you know, relates to the AFC North. Now we know, I mean, Joe Burrow's in division. Lamar Jackson, MVP winner, is in division. Now you've got Deshaun yeah. Watson as well, too. I think a lot of Steelers fans have been doing the the doom and gloom thing, the, oh, man, how long is it going to be before we can compete, and how are we going to do this? we got to find a stud quarterback like everybody else in the division. Uh, what's your outlook now that, it you know, clearly all other three franchises have that guy, and we all think that the Steelers do not. Is that a reason to panic, or do you think that this was probably always going to be the case, and it's, it's all part of a, a, a longer-term plan? I mean, the, the Deshaun Watson thing was probably the biggest twist and turn there because – I did anticipate if going into this offseason that there would just be like a consensus, like, okay, we're just going to rock out with Baker Mayfield for another year. And even <laughs> if the Browns were gone, you wouldn't see that new quarterback until next season. But uh, that certainly changed that outlook with, uh, with getting Deshaun Watson. But the Steelers' standings remains the same. You and I have talked about this a lot on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, on here on Steel Nation Radio, and just in personal life. Just, you know, the Steelers aren't going to be in a situation next year where quarterback is their strong suit unless they strike gold. But you never try to bank your entire season on striking gold with just one pick or one thing. Because when you do that, when that one thing fails, you're falling apart. And that's why the Steelers haven't ever fallen apart in the past, what, 20-some years? Like, it's been – I mean, the last time this team had a terrible season was in, like, the 80s. I mean, because even the the, the, the losing seasons of – 2003 and 2000 and 1998 and 1999, there was like some semblance of hope at different points of those, those years. Um, but that's where the Steelers aren't going to put themselves into a situation for. That's why they didn't trade for Aaron Rodgers. That's why they didn't trade for Russell Wilson. It's why I don't expect them to trade up and get a quarterback in this draft class. They got all the other things to fill across the roster. Uh, that being said, and I've said this a lot, the Steelers are, aren't looking, you know, they're, 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 everyone thinks you need a quarterback to just compete in the NFL these days. You need a decent quarterback, but you don't need a great quarterback to be competitive. And we see that with teams like the Titans with Ryan Tannehill, who a few years ago, everyone was, had put on the scrap heap and said, ah, he's done, get right. him out of here, he's a bum. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who a lot of people, you know, are like, ah, he's average. You know, you know, no one wants to trade for him right now, but he's been in the NFC Championship two out of the last three years and has been to a Super Bowl. The Steelers can do that with a, a quarterback who's just decent, slightly above average, holds the line, and doesn't cr- create the turnover problems if they can have a strong run game and a strong defense. Question is, will they get both or either? That's what they're trying to figure out this offseason, and that's why you haven't seen them be so aggressive about picking up, you know, or picking up, or not picking, excuse me, but trading for or signing a big money quarterback in free agency. They got other things they want to fix. And they certainly do, and they've made some moves in free agency, without a doubt. We'll discuss some of those here in just a minute. Uh, last one, though, as it relates to maybe this bigger division outlook. Um, would you, if you were doing, and, and, and obviously I'm going to, you know, grain of salt this, it's March 28th. I mean, we're still a month away from the NFL draft. A lot of things can change between now and when the games really matter in September. 
But if you were doing AFC North power rankings right now, would you have the Steelers fourth? I mean, purely right now, yeah, sure, because we don't know what they're going to look like without Ben Roethlisberger. But granted, I'd also say it's kind of a caveat. Like, I'd quit between them and the Browns at three and four. Because we also don't know when, if ever, is going Deshaun Watson is going to play, right? And how many games he could be suspended, yeah. Because if he's suspended for six games, and even if he gets reduced to four, that's a big chunk of the season Mm -hmm. to be missing. And, and like, you know, there's still the prospect, okay, does Baker Mayfield play those games? Probably not right now because, you know, he's at such odds with the organization. So, you know, what happens there? Do they have Case Keenum or whoever, who do they sign? Jacoby Brissett? Whoever they have, they want to bring, yeah, if they want to bring him in, you know, but is, is that what is that what's going to win Cleveland their games? There's there's a lot of things that they got to deal with there. So, um, you know, I, I look at the Ravens. I think with Lamar Jackson back healthy and well, really the whole team back healthy because they just were a mashing it this season. I, I think they have a lot of upside in coming back. I look at the Bengals and you know they're coming off their 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 AFC Championship run, but I also wonder if they're going to take a step back because now they're going from being the hunter to the hunted. And right. a lot of teams, you know, it's different when you got that target on your back every single week. Like the Steelers have been dealing with this for decades, where every time someone comes to Pittsburgh, they're like, "We gotta play the Steelers. They're this. They're that. They're they're one of the baddest in the league. We we can't sleep on these guys." The Bengals have been the team to sleep on for most of our lives, Wes. So you know, now that teams see like, okay, they're for real, that's gonna be. Uh, I think that's gonna be a major challenge. So I'm intrigued to see how they handle that. So right now you could say fourth or third, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting here in late November saying, wow, the Steelers are competing for the AFC North uh, division right now. So, I mean, it's, it's not as big of a margin as I think some people make it out to be, but if you wanted to sit here before the NFL draft and before the team figures out what who's, who's their starting strong safety, sure, put them at fourth. I just don't think it's worth that much to do that right now. Yeah, no, I think that's well said by you. You make some great points there. The, uh, the status of Deshaun Watson's availability to start the year is a big question mark in that equation. I think everything you said about the Bengals is is very astute as well because we saw some of that with Cleveland, right, where they they flew under the radar yeah. for so long, and then all of a sudden they're a playoff team. They win a playoff game, and you know, teams aren't taking you lightly anymore. In fact, they're trying to do the opposite. They're trying to shut you up. They're trying to take you down. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how the Bengals deal with all that. I do think right now the the lone thing that that I would say – I feel for sure is, and again, this is still a month ahead of the draft, months away from playing meaningful games. I do think the Ravens are going to be vastly improved just based off of all the guys that they're going to get back off the IR this season. Uh, They would probably be number one on my list, but after that, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of arguing and moving that you could do. And again, it's fun for, for us to discuss here for a few minutes, but it doesn't really matter until we get to September. It is our buddy Chris Carter of the Locked on Steelers podcast with us here on SNR. One thing, another thing that's been debated a lot, um, you know, our buddy Mark Caballi wrote about this in The Athletic and caused some stink last week. I'd be interested to get your take. Mitch Trubisky, is he going to be better in 2022 than Ben Roethlisberger was in 2021, right? That, that makes sense, right? Because ah. obviously, obviously we know Mitch Trubisky is not a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. That's not what anybody's saying. But is it fair to assume that the quarterback play for the Steelers will be improved this season as opposed to last year? I don't think it's that hard of a thing to say either. I mean, Ben's line is not that high, or Ben's bar is not that high from coming off last season. And again, like you said, no one's saying that Mr. Trubisky is going to be a greater 
like career-wise quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. But the 2021 version of Ben Roethlisberger was so limited. And I, I, it was funny. I was looking back over the Titans game uh, just a couple of days ago, just kind of going over film and just, you know, reconfirming some things that I, uh, I sometimes do that with old film, just making sure like, Hey, did I see this right? And, you know, I had some thoughts about it and I'm looking at how limited things are. Like if, if the pocket isn't perfect for Ben Roethlisberger and if, and, and if, if, if there's any a little bit of pressure, things are dead and, and you couldn't move them outside. And then if, if he had to, and if, if there was a screen and there was just a little bit of a tick, he had to. He, he would be so much for him just to try to adjust to it. Right. Whereas, like you looked at Ryan Tannehill, if something was wrong, he could just easily move, move, move to his right a little bit, extend the play, and, and throw not a complicated pass, just a simple little. Hey, let's check it down, and this guy will be open. Also, because look, no one was scared of his deep, Ben's deep ball. Teams were all over Najee Harris and slants and quick and quick routes and shallow crosses. Those things with Mitch Trubisky should open up. One, because he'll be more athletic. Two, because he does have an arm and can get the ball down the field. And three, I think teams are just going to be able to see, we don't know what we're expecting here. But there was a certain thing that you expected from Ben Roethlisberger, and teams figured it out. I'd say going into the second half of 2020, it's like, hey, he's looking for these quick routes. He's looking for these options. We just take those away and force him to have to work down the sidelines. He doesn't have the arm to consistently do that. And that cost him. Now, the Steelers found a way to win with that. But Ben Roethlisberger was not the catalyst for any of their wins last year. It was really defense. And I've gone over those numbers with you and with Josh Taylor on the Locked On Steelers podcast. The defense really carried the Steelers all, all, all season long, really, last year. I'd expect that to be the same thing this year. But Mr. Trubisky's ability to extend plays with his feet, to be able to launch the ball further down the field, and to be a more of a consistent, like, hey, this guy isn't a statue type of quarterback, that's going to go a long way to what the Steelers can do on offense. Now, what could make him worse is if he comes in, doesn't see the field, throws interceptions, and creates a lot of turnover problems. That's sure, one thing that sure. Ben did very well. He avoided the killer mistakes most of the time. There were sometimes he did give the killer mistakes. But um, he, he knew in that situation, hey, this ain't about me no more. This is, this is, this is about everybody else. So I got to do my best to just not kill our team. I, I think that what Mitch Trubisky can do on top of not killing the team is just a little bit – it's just better because he's – younger and has more tools available to him. NFL owners meetings ongoing down in Palm Beach, Chris. Meg Tomlin uh, spoke to Missy Matthews yesterday, spoke to the media today. So, of course, a, a lot of different elements of those conversations have been discussed. First time Coach Tomlin speaking since the end of the season. Um, one of the things that Mike Tomlin said that I don't think was a surprise to you and I or to anybody who's really in lockstep with how the Steelers operate, uh, Mike Tomlin said that the Mitch Trubisky signing would not prevent the Steelers from still drafting a quarterback. Do you see that happening at pick 20, though, right? Because that's pretty open-ended. Ah, they could take a guy in the, in the sixth round, right, just to bring in as a camp arm. What, what's the percentage chance, maybe is the best way to put this, Chris, that you really think the Steelers end up taking a quarterback at pick 20? And with that, would it, would it have to be a Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett falling there into their lap? Yeah, I give it a, I'll say 35% chance. You know, better than a quarter, but not exactly a half. <laughs> um, I, just, I, I just, I look at the situation right now, and I, I, I get that the Steelers are visiting the pro days. Cause, but my someone also said, like, I visit all the pro days. Like, right, like right. this is what I – and as anyone who's studied Mike Tomlin, just listen to all the different people talk about him, anyone who knows Mike Tomlin knows that this man lives for the draft process. He, like, he, he, if, you're, if you catch him traveling around the country going to different pro days, he's often just, like, his face is in a book, you know, going over, like, notes on certain players and different things. And 
He wants to soak up every fact and every story and history and, and anecdote about a player to know who they are. Even if he knows, I can't get that guy. But he does. But because what he pointed and what he's pointed out and what the Steelers have shown is that you never know on the back end. Will you be able to get that guy later? Lincoln Fitzpatrick. They, were, they never had a chance to draft him in 2018. But, lo and behold, never know. They established a good relationship with him during, at the combine. They made sure to check up on him and say, okay, that, that is a guy we would like someday if it ever happened. Dolphins needed to trade him, and the Steelers stepped in line, and now he's a superstar safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You, you never know how those thing, type of things work sure. and the relationships sure. and the doors that it opens. This is what he does, and that's why I don't think that him just – visiting all the quarterbacks is a guarantee that he picks one at 20. Now, it's funny enough, on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, one of our, our earliest guests, Noah Strackbind of All Steelers Talk and Sports Illustrated, he, he projected the Steelers to pick Desmond Ritter at 20. I think that's a reach. I don't think that Desmond Ritter is a 20th overall type of quarterback, especially with the talent that will be there. Now, Kenny Pickett, I feel, I, feel, I feel a little bit differently about because I feel like Kenny Pickett right now is better available, and I think that he would, he's a quarterback you can plan around. Malik Willis, to me, would be the pick that would be like, okay, you put him in there, he, he's, he's your, like, you're, you're taking the real shot at him being the future. Yeah, if he's, just, if he's there but, at 20, you sprint to the podium and make that pick. Right, exactly. But here's the thing is that I don't think him nor Pickett are going to be there. And if Agreed. both of those guys are gone, most likely you're going to get a real chance at a serious playmaker who is not normally available to you in a draft class sitting right there for you at 20. So instead of – Taking the quarterback, the third quarterback off the board, you could take the first defensive tackle, the yep. third cornerback, and this year's the cornerback class. The second wide receiver, really yeah. Strong. The second one. If you take a guy like that who can truly boost your a, a major position that you need like that over a quarterback that's going to be developmental, needs to stick around for a bit, that's going to help you so much. And then next year, when the quarterbacks come in, and by by and large, the quarterback class then seems like less developmental, more like, hey, this guy's going to be ready to go. Um, I really, I really think that, that that's the better route for the Steelers to take. So to answer your question in the shorter form, no, I don't think that they're going to take a, a, a quarterback at 20 um, unless a certain guy falls to their, to, into their position that they're like, well, that's who we really like. But I, just, I don't think that Willis or Pickett will be, the, will be there. So, Chris, you and I both agree there. And I, I, you mentioned a few minutes ago you don't see the Steelers trading up. Would yeah. you? Would you? Do you think that they would consider though if it just had to be a few spots, right? If you if you get into the 15, 16, 17s, and you know the Eagles have that trio of picks there, and all of a sudden, you know maybe Willis is still there, Pickett's still there, and you just need to move ahead of the Saints, you know, up two, three, four spots on the board. Do you think that's a possibility at all, or do they just not have the draft capital to do that this year? Um, I just I think that they. They they have so many needs right now in the draft yeah. that if you're if, if they're going to do that they need to know that this is their guy because I also think they might opt to do this over say a um over say like a, you know a Jordan Davis type of player a you know if 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 Derek Stingley's there if you know, if one of those type of guys is available to them that's who I that 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 would be something there but uh, again the quarterback position I just think it's tough to trade up in this in this spot. I, and even with the position players, I have a hard time seeing uh, the, uh, the you know them them doing that when they have so many needs. Now maybe it's that fourth round comp pick, maybe it's the sixth round pick that they got in the trade. Maybe one of those picks, and if, if that's all it costs to move up, great, fine, have at it. But I, I just I see this this is a year where they need to solidify the entire roster 
fill out the depth chart, figure out who, who are going to be their major players in certain positions. Um, and I think they have a good shot at that if they do it with certain guys. So um, I, I still don't see it happening as a likely chance, but I wouldn't rule it out if they think, man, there's this superstar guy that we never get a chance at because of where we normally draft. Right. Let's trade a low-round pick and move up one or two spots to get him. I, I also don't think that that's going to be a quarterback at this point. Oh, I love it. Chris Carter laying it down as we're about a month away from the draft. All right, so so we know as the roster stands right now, the Steelers have done a really good job of filling out a lot of those needs. But to me, the, the two still glaring spots, positions that they have to address are strong safety and wide receiver. And I think, you know, a step down from that or maybe a couple steps down from that, not on the same level, but still something that – I'm looking to is a is another running back as well too. So strong safety wide receiver running back. Do you think we see any of those positions addressed here in the second wave of free agency, right? Like if I if I asked you Chris, is it more likely that they re-sign Edmonds or another safety or they sign a veteran wide receiver before we get to the draft? Which way would you lean? Like which one of those positions would you want to address now and which would you be more willing to to leave to late April and leave to the draft? Well, I, you don't want to leave a starting position in that spot. So that's what I do think a safety move is coming. I think that they're they're waiting on someone or some people to sort out, you know, what their other offers are and what their possibilities are. That I think that's something that we're going to see sooner rather than later. They don't want to wait to see after the draft, okay, you'll be our starting starting. <laughs> right, but right. I, I do think that that's a very good possibility for the running back position because – you know, and, and even wide receiver, because at least in those positions, you have uh, you have guys that are set up to uh, you know to to kind of at least be your one or two spots at, uh, at you know your top two spots at wide receiver, and you know your number one spot at, at with Najee Harris. So those spots, I can see, hey, you can go get this guy, and there's still guys that you can get out there. Like Marlon Mack is still a free agent right now. You could sign him to a cheap deal. Not be stressed. He's like, you know what? That's a veteran. He comes in. Uh, Benny Snell, you get to be the basically either show, you know, put up or shut up there, and you're going to feel comfortable about that. Uh, when it comes to wide receiver, everyone's going to talk about uh, Jarvis Landry, and I, I get that. Yep, That's, yep. you know, the, you know there, there's, there's obvious excitement around that. You know, there's some people who even say Odell Beckham Jr., even though he's hurt, don't say Antonio Brown or I will slap you like Will Smith <laughs> did. Um, you know, so there's, 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 there's guys like that. But, you know, at the same time, I think the Steelers, they're trying to figure out a veteran who can come in, balance the room out a little bit, because I, I also, I think they're going to uh, draft the, I think they're going to draft a, a wide receiver or two. So, um, you know, you know, <laughs> funny enough, the receiver that I think would have a much higher chance of re-signing the Steelers on a one-year contract, uh, not Antonio Brown, but it's Emmanuel Sanders. He's 35 years old, but like, if you just want a veteran in the room who can just kind of settle things down, you know, he'd be he'd be a guy that you can at least say, hey, we're going to plug him in there. With they're going to draft two rookies, and that's going to be our receiver. And I don't think they're going to do that, but I'm saying like, that sure, would make sure. more sense than if you're someone who's going to say that. But you know, a Keelan Cole type of guy could could still work. T.Y. Hilton's still out there. There's a lot of names, but I just see those moves coming after the draft when they figured out who they have. And I, you know, I'm, you know, as long as there's no major movement, but I don't expect there to be any major movement. So, uh, but the one move I do expect is safety. Um, based off of what we heard from Kevin Colbert this weekend, I don't expect it to be Tyron Matthew. Of course, him saying, uh, you know, talking about how they prefer guys coming off their first contract right, as close right. as possible. You know, Matthew's going to be 30 this year. So, you know, that, that's, uh, you know that's, that's pushing it. But Terrell Edmonds, he's sitting there at 25. He knows your system. You know him. He has a good relationship with Minka Fitzpatrick. 
rock out with that. I just see that as being uh, the, the easier option here, and you don't cost you a lot of money. Wins all across the board for you. And here's the other thing, and I posed this before on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. You say you signed Terrell Edmonds, your first-round pick is Lewis Seen of Georgia or Jaquan Brisker of Penn State. Cool. Now you can come in with this really athletic three-safety look that's in your secondary. Terrell Austin would love to play around with that. Cool. Lots of possibilities. Yeah, no, buddy, I, I'm with you. I I know that you know not everybody in Steeler Nation, but the 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 vocal people on Twitter they they really want the honey badger. They want Tyron Matthew. You know, sometimes it's like collecting football cards. You just want big names and all that. And I, I get that. I'm not naive, but I'm with you. You look at this defense right now. You bring back Edmonds, and I mean, all of a sudden, maybe you bring back Edmonds. You add a piece of that defensive line in the draft. I mean, that defense looks really nice. Your safeties stay intact. You've revamped your secondary. You've revamped your linebackers with the addition of Miles Jack. Hopefully you get to it and Alu-Alu back and healthy for 16 or 17 games. You add one more piece there, and, yeah, all of a sudden that feels like a defense that could really um, – carry the load for this team particularly early in the season while the offense tries to figure it out and what should be an improved offense as well too maybe you add a wide receiver there in the draft and I think all of a sudden this roster is starting to come together really nicely it is Chris Carter with us here he of course of the Locked On Steelers podcast Chris last one I've got for you buddy before I let you go I you and I have had these discussions uh both you and I on the Locked On Steelers podcast we've had them here on SNR with Arthur Motes um diversity hirings around the National Football League, you know, particularly as it relates to head coaches and high-level executive um, positions, has, I mean, I don't think I need to sugarcoat it. There's been a lot of failures there from the National Football League, and I think we have an even, you know, more eyes on this as the Pittsburgh Steelers, as, you know, the Rooney Rule organization. Well, the NFL earlier today made an announcement uh, Monday morning that they are putting together a committee to review diversity hiring practices. The league will announce the new committee that will include business leaders, academic leaders, former executives to review league and club policies in light of ongoing concerns over a lack of diversity hiring. So, Chris, I ask you, really simple, any faith that this will get things moving in the right direction or is this just more lip service? I'm just going to quote Mike Tomlin and say no confidence. Like, at least he said that this morning to the people. Dale Lawley reported that uh, this morning from my own owners' meetings. Like, you know, and Mike Tomlin is the black, black head coaching face of the NFL yes. right now. Yes. Um, so, I, I just – I look at this situation that they're in and with the, with the way the NFL has played this – has played this out over the years. They've instituted policies, but I, I think what we've seen with the Rooney Rule, with you know, all with Rooney Rule, the second version of the Rooney Rule they created to help with DMs and such. This is not a this this, this is this is not a, a situation where policies just fix things. You know, this isn't like a, oh man, that rule wasn't in place. Well, <laughs> put that in, that's gonna fix everything. You know, I, I'm a person who you know when I was in law school, I studied. Is I studied race and the law. I studied employment discrimination. And one of the things that I often saw that came with hiring discrimination practices, and they'd be, you know, they'd be ones that, you know, wouldn't be, they would be de facto more than de jour. And be, being basically, they, they'd be more so just happenstance in real life than a law that made, you know, this, was, this isn't as simple as, you know, colored, well, water fountains that say colored and white. This is more about how people operate in day to day. And what does your subconscious think? You know, and oftentimes, what does the, the person who's making the decision to hire the head coach, what is the thing that's clicking in the back of their mind that says that, oh, I like this guy over that guy? Because it's making people think, like, oh, well, this, his resume. Well, resumes 
don't always equal everything. So the guy who might have the more experience might not be the fiery guy that you want. And, and oftentimes there's an intangible thing, a thing that's not on paper that you can, that, that says, mm, that's the guy that we want. And oftentimes what we're finding is that when people, the people who are making the decisions to hire head coaches in the NFL and to get more opportunities, they're not picking the black candidates, even when their resume stacks up against the people that are picked. I mean, look at Eric the enemy. You know, you know, the guy's had extreme offense, offensive success for years, yep. and he still can't get a head coaching job. I know some people say that he's a bad interview, whatever. Any guy with, that, with those kind of numbers, you feel like, well, we're going to try to figure out a way to make, make that work. Right, right. It hasn't worked yet. Brian Flores so, gets fired in Miami, Chris, after being the first coach there in 20 years to have back-to-back yes. winning seasons. Yeah, exactly, and 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 there's a and there's a shroud put around him because he points out the obvious, like they, this. Uh, these situations are, are obvious for us, and I, I look at this and I and I see what's going to have to happen is the people who make the decisions are they are going to have to change. Yes. And the question is, can you make a policy that forces them to change? I don't think you can. Otherwise, you're going get, to get the people screaming, oh, that's racist against white people because you're trying to make change and help black people who are obviously being impaired and under, you know, overlooked and, and kind of and, and having disparate impact put against them. So, I, again, I think this isn't a policy thing. I think this is a decision-maker thing. And if you're going to change the decision-makers, that's a very big move Ooh. in the NFL. I just don't see that ever happening. Buddy, it's well said by you. There's certainly, to, to use another Mike Tomlin quote, a lot of meat on that bone in terms of that conversation. But I have kept you here for almost a half an hour, way too long already, so I'll let you go. Chris Carter, the Locked On Steelers podcast. I said it once. I've said it a thousand times. If you consider yourself a Steelers junkie, but you're not subscribed to the Locked On Steelers podcast, well, guess what? You're not a Steelers junkie. Make sure you're showing our guy CC some love. Chris, great catching up with you again, buddy, and uh, and we'll keep it rolling here. And uh, thank you for your time as always. Thank you very much. You have a great day, Wes. There he is, Chris Carter. I promise I'm not going to run down the stage and try and slap him. Although, you know, the promises were made to be broken or something like that. <laughs> Chris doing yeoman's work, as always. Uh, here on SNR, WPXI, Locked on Steelers podcast, DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. He's one of our favorite people to talk uh, Steelers with here on the show. Thanks to him for his time, as always. And, you know, I joke around a little bit, but the Locked on Steelers podcast, he does a half an hour, 30, 40 minutes every single day, a podcast on the Steelers. Uh, so if you are a Steelers junkie, that is something that uh, that you need to be in tune with for sure. Our buddy Chris does great work. We're going to take our last break of the day today. When we come back on the other side, I've got some of your tweets to get to. We'll hear some audio from James Daniels, and we'll wrap up the show. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.